Good morning and welcome to our service. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Saints Peter and Paul. But we're going to park Peter to one side and focus on St. Paul. He is, of course, our patron saint here in Strathnairn, with our lovely church named to honour him. Paul's main feast day, celebrating his conversion on the road to Damascus, is actually celebrated in mid-February. But as you know, this is a tricky time weather-wise here in the Scottish Highlands. So as a congregation, we decided some years ago to adopt this June feast day that Paul shares with that other great early church leader, Peter, to adopt this date in June to celebrate our patron Saint Paul. These celebrations, as well as a special Eucharist, would have included a slap-up meal afterwards. This year, we are missing gathering physically for both worship and feasting, but we can still celebrate our great patron Saint Paul, giving thanks for his courage and fearsome determination to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ throughout the world. We are gathered together as the family of God to offer praise and thanksgiving, to ask forgiveness of our sins, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world and to seek God's grace, that through Jesus Christ our Lord and in the power of the Holy Spirit, we may give ourselves to God's service. Let us come before God confessing our sins and seeking God's forgiveness. You raise the dead to life in the Spirit. Lord, have mercy. You bring pardon and peace to the broken in heart. Christ, have mercy. You make one by your Spirit the torn and divided. Lord, have mercy. O Lord, all we long for is before you and our deep sighing is not hidden from you. But we acknowledge our wickedness, we are filled with the sorrow at our sin. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver us. O Lord, make haste to help us. May the Lord forgive what we have been, help us to amend what we are, and direct what we shall be, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to God's people on earth. Lord God, Heavenly King, Almighty God and Father, with God the Son, Jesus Christ, and God the Holy Spirit, we worship you. We give you thanks, we praise you for your glory. Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, Lord God, Lamb of God, you take away the sin of the world, have mercy on us. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Receive our prayer. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Gospel and Readings for the Feast of St. Paul Almighty God, by the preaching of your servant Paul, you caused the light of the gospel to shine throughout the world. May we who celebrate his ministry follow him in bearing witness to your truth. 
Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Acts, chapter 26, verses 10 to 18. And that's just what I did in Jerusalem, on the authority of the chief priest, I put many of the Lord's people in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. Paul and Timothy, both of us committed servants of Christ Jesus, write this letter to all the followers of Jesus in Philippi, pastors and ministers included. We greet you with the grace and peace that comes from God our Father and our Master, Jesus Christ. Every time you cross my mind, I break out in exclamations of thanks to God. Each exclamation is a trigger to prayer. I find myself praying for you with a glad heart. I am so pleased that you have continued on in this with us, believing and proclaiming God's message from the day you heard it right up to the present. There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. It is not at all fanciful for me to think about you in this way. My prayers and hopes have deep roots in reality. You have, after all, stuck with me all the way, from the time I was thrown in jail, put on trial, and came out in one piece. All along, you have experienced with me the most generous help from God. He knows how much I love and miss you these days. 
Sometimes I think I feel as strongly about you as Christ does. So this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent and not sentimental. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment here has had the opposite of its intended effect. Instead of being squashed, the message has actually prospered. All the soldiers here and everyone else too found out that I'm in jail because of this Messiah. That piqued their curiosity, and now they've learned all about him. Not only that, but most of the followers of Jesus here have become far more sure of themselves in the faith than ever, speaking out fearlessly about God, about the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. After that dramatic conversion experience we hear about in the Acts of the Apostles, Paul sets off on his missionary travels with a quite extraordinary tenacity and zeal for preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, crucified and risen. Traveling with his companions in what is now modern Turkey, he is called in a vision to cross the sea to Europe, landing in what is now northern Greece, known then as Macedonia. He eventually arrives in the Roman city of Philippi, which even today, as you walk around the ruins, you can still see that this was once a great city with all the mod cons that the retired Roman military officers and their families would have expected. Paul's usual approach in any new city was to seek out the Jewish population in the first instance. Philippi did not have a synagogue, so on the Sabbath, the Jewish community met outside the city wall near the riverside. The people he met there came from all over the world, some Jewish by birth, but many more Greek or Roman Gentile worshippers of God, and thus a part of the Jewish community. This community at Philippi came to have a very special place in Paul's heart, as our second reading shows. He visited them, we think, two or three times, and wrote to them often, but only one letter to his Christian family in Philippi survives. This letter, written from one of his many imprisonments, probably in this case from Ephesus, this letter is a powerful testimony to the resilience of the gospel. The fledgling Christian community in Philippi did not have a building, a church, they continued to meet in the open by the riverside, where the first baptisms took place. Much like our own Parson Duncan, meeting with the Christians from across the highlands in the shadow of Bryn Rock. It is a testimony to the strength of the Christian faith established by Paul in Philippi, that in time there were no fewer than four Christian basilicas, cathedrals, among the ruins at Philippi. 
The most impressive of these is an octagonal church with beautiful mosaics, some of which depict Paul's first visit to the city. The example of the church in Philippi is a good lesson for us. It went from humble beginnings at the riverside through the greatness of lofty basilicas to the ruins you see today. But Paul's message remains clear. They cannot imprison the message. They cannot imprison the gospel that Paul preached. They cannot imprison the gospel of Jesus crucified and risen. We can take heart from this message that you cannot imprison the gospel. We can hold on to the faith that although our church building remains closed just now, the words that Paul wrote to his faithful congregation in Philippi are just as true now as they were then. You cannot imprison the gospel. Over the past months of lockdown and in the coming months of uncertainty about emerging into the world again, this is the message we need to hold fast. You cannot imprison the gospel. Paul knew how important connection and community were, not just for preaching, but for actually living the gospel. The Christians at Philippi, in his own words, stuck with me all the way from the time I was thrown in jail, put on trial and came out in one piece. All along you have experienced with me the most generous help from God. Paul never quite knew what to expect at each stage of his journey. He never quite knew what he would find in each town or city he preached. He never quite knew whether the fledgling Christian community he founded would prosper after he left. The Christians at Philippi did grow and prosper for as long as the city remained inhabited, and their legacy is still present throughout the region in churches, monasteries, and faithful worshiping communities. It seems to me that we are at a kind of fledgling state ourselves as the world begins to emerge from this pandemic. We know, however much we talk in terms of getting back to normal, that it really isn't possible. Because we cannot see, because we have no clear vision for a new normal, our lives feel uncertain fractured, and difficult to navigate. It's going to be like that for quite a while, I imagine. There has been a major shift in our worldview, and there's no going back, even if we wanted to. We can only go forward. And we go forward, hopefully, with just a little of Paul's tenacity and zeal, holding fast to his message to the Christians at Philippi, that you cannot imprison the gospel. Whatever the future holds, I echo Paul's prayer for each and every one of us. That our love will flourish, and that we will not only love much, but love well. We will learn to love appropriately, to use our head and test our feelings, so that our love is intelligent and sincere. That we may become far more sure of ourselves in the faith than ever before speaking out fearlessly about God, about the Messiah. Amen.
let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. as a congregation in our lovely church, but instead meet as one through our faith in you. We pray for Christians throughout the world, acknowledging that this time is strange in so many ways. Help us to respect the beliefs of others, even if we do not share them, to celebrate what we have in common and to accept our differences. We give thanks for all those preaching your word but especially for Mark, our Bishop and Primus, and for Kathy here in our Strath. Guide us all in our own ministries as we live each day. Lord Jesus Christ, now and every day, teach us how to pray. We pray for our own families and friends, asking you to be the one who gives that virtual hug and ask you to keep them all safe in your warm embrace. We pray for Elizabeth, our Queen, and all the Royal Family. We pray for key workers, for all the volunteers in our local communities, for those looking for an opening in the lockdown, and for those hesitant to move towards new developments in the restrictions. We pray for the world, for those in power, and as we start to follow the route to take us through this pandemic, may they be guided by you to make decisions for the good of all. Living Lord, into our lives your power breaks through. Help us always to follow Jesus' words and advice and realise that accepting someone's help is as good as giving someone help. Let us remember that we are one family with you, no matter what colour our skin. Let the unrest that is spreading through parts of your world cease as we all acknowledge equality. Living Lord Jesus, help us to see you are Lord. We pray for those who are sick, for those affected by coronavirus, for those with other illnesses and conditions which leave them vulnerable, for those with poor mental health and for all who suffer. In a moment of quiet, we ask for that extra sprinkling of your love as we remember all those known personally to ourselves. We pray for those who have died, for those taken suddenly or unexpectedly, for the friends and family they leave behind, for those who have died alone, and for those who have no one to remember them. 
Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you. We live our lives for you. All your commands we know are true. Your many gifts will make us new. Into our lives your power breaks through. Living Lord. Amen. We join our prayers in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for the gift of your holy word. May it be a lantern to our feet, a light upon our paths, and a strength to our lives. Take us and use us to love and serve all people in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. You send forth your Spirit, O Lord. You renew the face of the earth. You send forth your Spirit, O Lord. You renew the face of the earth. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord rejoice in all his works. You renew the face of the earth. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. You send forth your Spirit, O Lord. You renew the face of the earth. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God, and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. May the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be with you and all those for whom you have a care, this day and evermore.